Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 330. As some of you may have noticed already, I took a little time off from the podcast to enjoy the holidays and get my year started. But I'm back and I'm ready to kick off a great 2024. Now, that being said, I do have a pretty special kickoff episode that I was planning on dropping next week, so that's still going to happen. But, you know, things change pretty rapidly here in the world of amateur golf, and you need to be able to adapt. So next week's episode will still be the official kickoff to 2024, so consider this episode just a special bonus to get the year started. And you could thank the former number one ranked amateur in the world, Nick Dunlap, for making this episode possible and remarkably timely. My guest on this very special episode is Hunter Hamrick. Hunter was a four-year letter winner under coach Jay Sewell at Alabama from 2009 to 2012. He also served as the team captain and was tasked with looking after freshmen like Justin Thomas. After a professional career highlighted by a made cut at the 2012 U.S. Open, he returned to Tuscaloosa and spent two years as Alabama's assistant coach. For the last year, he's had a job outside of golf, but recently the phone rang, and it was Nick Dunlap, asking him to caddy for him in the American Express. Now he had two choices. You stay inside in Alabama where it's freezing cold, or you head to Palm Springs to enjoy some sunshine and carry a former player's bag on the PGA Tour. Pretty simple decision. And we all know how that story ended. Nick Dunlap wins the American Express and locks up his PGA Tour card and is seemingly off to the races. Now, a little bit of transparency. This episode was recorded the night before Nick announced that he would be leaving Alabama and turning pro to join the PGA Tour. So in this episode, we spoke about the win and the great experience they had out in Palm Springs. We didn't talk about what may or may not happen at the following morning's press conference. Now, since the press conference, I've learned that Hunter will be caddying for Nick in his pro debut at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So you're all caught up. Let's get this special episode underway. Hunter, welcome to the back of the range. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Watching a little Alabama-Auburn basketball and uh, my first time to the back of the range. You know, yeah. they usually have it closed for people like me. People sure. like you. Now, that's not, that's not, we're, we're <laughs> off to a terrible start. That's not right. Come on now. I mean, I'm talking to a guy that's played in the U.S. Open, a professional. Uh, gosh, you, you, you got to... I mean, you got to kind of lead Justin Thomas around by by the by the shirt tail for a cup as a as a captain of the Alabama golf team. So you're you're very well qualified to be on this <laughs> podcast. Did you see part of your uh, your resume becoming a a winning caddy on the PGA Tour for Nick Dunlap? Where did that even did that even <laughs> register that at is, some point? That is certainly something that I never thought would show up on my resume. There's no doubt about that one. Well, we're going to dive into a few things here. I appreciate you joining me. We are we're talking just for everyone's frame of reference. This episode is going to be coming out 
uh, probably Thursday, January 25th. Uh, by this point, most likely people will have already heard uh, of what Nick Dunlap's plans are going to be. So we're, this is the night before a press conference. So we're we're going to gently tiptoe around what may happen in the press conference and we'll just leave it all at that. That being said, you got back from from uh, from Palm Springs. Talk about this travel on the way back, just to get just to get back home to Alabama. Oh yeah, well, going there, I um, was supposed to leave out at six fifty Monday morning and be there around lunchtime, and hopefully, uh, you know, we were going to play eighteen in the afternoon, and I woke up for my flight at 4 a.m. to a text message of canceled flight Perfect. and then yeah so then I had to go to Birmingham to fly out and then got stuck in Dallas and I didn't get anyways I missed the whole um the whole practice round the Monday practice round and uh luckily he got a cart um so that wasn't a big deal and then coming back was much the same I, I got delayed out of Palm Springs missed my flight in Dallas instead of getting to Montgomery I had to go to Birmingham and uh, yeah, got in about three a.m. Tuesday morning. So, some, some fun travel for a great week. Yeah. Well, these are <laughs> these are. I mean, welcome to the pro life again. <laughs> exactly. I guess. I mean, um, you, you had. Um, I think you played professionally about eight nine years. Played a handful of PGA Tour events. Made the. I mean, your debut as a professional golfer, I believe, was making the cut in the in the U.S. Open in 2012. Back when uh, when Webb Simpson won that at Olympic. Uh, I mean, you're kind of, was this kind of your first experience around professional golf in quite some time or, or had you done any caddying or, or kind of, you know, dipped a toe back into the professional realm uh, at some point? Uh, no, this was the last, I mean, I went and did a few Mondays in 2021 was my last professional golf experience. I, um, actually the week before coach hired me, I, I or I started, I knew I was going to get hired at the time, but I, he, he encouraged me to go play anyways. I played a Monday in Maine in uh, June of 2021 and I bogeyed the last hole to, to miss getting in the corn ferry event. So that was my, uh, oh. you know, that my sending out on professional golf. So <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, but uh, that was, I haven't been around it since then, but it was my first caddy experience. Yes. Now you you spent some time as the assistant in Alabama. I know you you uh, have since moved on. I I don't know. Is did you move on to a? Uh, I mean, it sounds like you moved on to just a different job opportunity in the professional world. But now, I mean, are have you even thought about like okay, is is caddying something I want to even think about doing? I'm sure everyone's asked you this. Like, okay, what's next for you? <laughs> yeah, I absolutely. I mean, I. I like you said, something I never thought would be on my resume or, you know, um, was even considering that. Yeah. I'm, I, uh, after coaching for a couple of years, which I really enjoyed, I, I loved being with the guys and, uh, being around golf. That's all I've ever done my whole life has been in golf or around golf. And, uh, and I enjoyed that and loved the opportunity coach got me, but it, it came to a time I was just like, I don't know that this is the career path I want to go down. You know, I, let me try something else. And so, yeah, I've been out of golf working in insurance for uh, six, seven months or whatever now. Um, and yeah, Nick just asked 
if he, he got in the Amex and was like, Hey, will you come caddy for me? You know, I walked a bunch of holes with him while I was coaching him. And sure. so we had a great relationship and knew his game. And, um, so I was like, yeah, absolutely. That'll be fun. You know, the weather stinks here and I can go to Palm Springs and uh, have a fun week walking with you. So that, that was the plan. And now, uh, he won and, and people were wondering if I'm going to come a caddy. So I, who knows that I, I don't know, you know, exactly where where life will take me just like this week but so so it sounds like the the week it could potentially be life-changing for both of you actually (laughs) possibly who knows i'm not sure you know exactly what i want to do next but um i'll never say that i'm not going to get back in golf because that's all i've ever done yeah so this final round, well, we're going to get into the final round a little bit. I, there's a few questions I wanted to ask you that I, I found interesting about this whole experience. So three different courses. I don't think that's something most people are probably paying attention to when they think about this tournament. You play um, the Nicholas course, the, the stadium, and La Quinta. That's actually the order that Nick played them in. And then obviously the final rounds on the stadium course. So you got three different golf courses to see. You got a 20-year-old playing in, I guess, technically his fourth PGA-sanctioned event. He's played in two U.S. Opens, missed the cut in both. He missed the cut in the Bermuda tournament at the end of uh, 2023. So this is number four for him. You got three different courses. It's obviously different kind of, you know, this isn't what he grew up on. He grew up in Alabama. This is not Bermuda. There's no mountains. There's no mountains in Alabama, are there? No. So not so much. So... How do you even begin to think about tackling this kind of a a practice? Uh, and of course, now you're talking about you missed the first day, so you yeah. miss miss. So, are you guys just like frantically trying to learn as much as you can, or was it just like, all right, let's see what we can learn and just not worry about it? I think it was more the latter. Yeah, it was just like oh, we're going to just see these courses and try to pick up whatever we can and go play. You know, and I guess sometimes it shows that. Uh, you can over prepare and overthink a little bit too much about it because, uh, yeah, he, he played all the courses. I, I saw Nicholas and stadium. So that shows to you how good my caddy skills were when he shoots 60 on the one I didn't see. There it is. But, uh, there it is right there. <laughs> but, uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, I, I think we just tried to not overthink it and learn as much as we could. And, 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 you know, at this point, he's played a lot of golf. He's got a lot of experience, not in that role. I've played a bunch of golf as far as, you know, trying to learn courses quickly on the fly and uh, seeing them one time and having to go. So um, just try to do it as good a job as you can in one look and, and, and go after it. He gets this sponsor exemption, and obviously any tournament that these high-level amateurs are playing and they're trying to win, but uh, you know, ultimately when you're, when you're getting these PGA Tour exemptions, as you and I have talked about uh, previously, you know, he was really on a track to, after winning the USAM, he was kind of on a track that kind of would model what Gordon Sargent did last summer. He could play his exemptions and kind of start chipping away at getting closer to 20 points for the accelerated. So, uh, you know, this is another opportunity for him to make a cut, get a point. Uh, but 
you know, he shoots 64 on the first day with two Eagles and a bogey. Clean card on day two. He's he's 15 under through two rounds. And I know everyone goes stupid low out there, but still, he's 15 under after two rounds. At least privately, did you have a moment or two during the early rounds where you're like, you know, we might be able to do something a little bit bigger than just, you know, making a cut and getting a point? Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, I actually, when I got out there, you know, I got out there late Monday, but when I came to the course Tuesday and we played practice round that day, just just him and I, uh, we didn't play with anyone, just um, us out there. And, uh, I mean, he was just playing phenomenal. I, I don't know that I'd seen him hit it that good, maybe ever. I mean, he, he was really playing some good golf. I think he shot 60 the week before leading into it, and yeah. he said he shot – 62 in the pro-am that i missed um so i knew he was playing good and he played great that tuesday and so in my mind i I knew there was no doubt that you know i mean the tournament and the nerves and all that can can definitely affect affect you and your game but i knew that if if things could stay the same that he 100 percent could have a a terrific week and wasn't just looking to you know make the cut sure Um, and then you know, he he starts off the tournament birdie birdie eagle, and I think you know at that point we never kind of look back. I think um, I I'm sure he he thought the same way, and I thought he could contend all week after that start. So I think it was also at least from what I saw, I thought it was kind of a, a perfect place for him to do this because at least from what I saw in the final round and and watching a little bit of you know the highlights it didn't look like the crowds really early on were really that big. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think anytime you have a great week, you definitely have to have some breaks go your way and some stuff, you know, definitely went our way as far as pairing and, and yeah, Wilson fur. All that. I mean, yeah, we're playing. Yeah. We're playing with Wilson fur the first couple days and there's hardly anyone out there and it's just very relaxed environment. And, you know, I think that allowed him to get off to a great start. And then as he gained confidence in that environment, um, then, you know, he, Wilson ends up WD with back injury, which I hated to see because he really played great the first day. And then uh, we played with the pro at the at the La Quinta course, and, and they, you know, had a nice little crowd out there cheering for the pro. So it was, it was a fun environment. And, uh, yeah, I think – it definitely kind of eased him into it and allowed him to have a nice pairing and, and gain some confidence as the week went on. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that. So he played with a marker on round two. <laughs> in round three. Oh, in round three. Yeah. When he, shot, when the... he shot 60, oh, he was playing God. with a, a mark. He was playing with the pro from Laquita. Yeah, that marker. Oh my gosh! Okay, I don't think I ever heard or saw that on the broadcast. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Th- I don't think any. It was ever really mentioned. I, I mean, I haven't seen anywhere, but yeah, that's that's what happened. Uh, he played yeah, with Wilson. the head pro at La Quinta and dropped a sixty on the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guy actually came out. I think he birdied the first and like hit it pretty close on the second. And we're like, man, this guy's good. We were actually joking, like we were like, man, do you just dominate Blocky in the uh, in the southern, you know, the yeah. Southern California section or whatever section they're in? Um, yeah, because. Uh, 
because he came out of the gates hot and it was it was kind of fun so this guy just had dreams of of glory of being the whole story today and and just i'm gonna i'm gonna be the next michael block i'm gonna show the u.s amateur champion something and you and dunlap were like yeah no go back go back go fold some sweaters big guy Uh, you're you're done yeah nick Nick broke his heart with the 60 but uh but it was a fun day Oh my God! Did did he give Nick any shop credit just for that or yeah. performance, or did he just kind of n- nothing? No, okay, nothing. No, I, I did get a nice text about someone about like, well, so does he get one point five million in shop credit or something? That, you yeah. know, oh the 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 internet. This is separate. We're in a whole other tangent now, but yeah, the internet <laughs> after Nick won. You know, I'm lucky. I get to follow amateur and college golf for a living, and I don't really have to deal with a lot of the stuff that goes on the pro side, especially comments on Twitter and Instagram. You know, when they're talking about live or they're talking about, you know, Rory did this and Tiger did that and, 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 you know, Phil, I don't have to worry about that stuff. But I, after Nick wins, then I went into the deep end on the comments and, Man, there's some people that just don't know shit. I mean, it's just <laughs> terrible. I mean, you know, what do you mean he has to give back the 1.5 million? Like he didn't get, they didn't give that to yeah. him. Yeah, no, it didn't just, uh, they didn't just hand it to him in, in the parking lot, and then he has to give it back. If I was Nick, I wouldn't play golf ever again until they they paid me. I'm like, oh my god, I got to turn my phone off. I got to go away. I can't. I can't even imagine what he's had to look at the last couple of days. Forget about yeah. like what are you gonna do? Just like seeing the comments, be like, oh my gosh, so bad, so bad. Absolutely. Uh, you received a lot of credit for being kind of a calming presence out there. I'm not sure if uh, you know telling him that even his mom could make the winning putt r- goes into that category. But still, um, how hard was it for you though? I know you know him on the outside. He's super chill. But and and you you you're obviously like that as well. But you know what's happening in this final round. You see where things are going. I mean, how be- how tough was it for you? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely nerve wracking. I was probably, I, you know, I'm sh- I know he was nervous, and and it, even though it didn't appear that way, but I was probably just as nervous. I actually talked to a couple caddies the night before, just like because I mean we'd been around a marker and Wilson Fur and these people, and I'm just like. You know, tomorrow I got to be with Bones and some of these iconic caddies, and like yeah. I just don't want to look like an idiot out yeah. there. You know, so uh, I was I was more nervous about that kind of stuff than than actually, um, you know, I, Nick and I have been around each other a lot, and I have a, a, a good perspective of his game. I felt like, and uh, you know, I was pretty confident that we would do fine on the course. I, I but I was I was super nervous about just looking like an idiot out there with with bones and these other caddies that have done it forever and, and doing something stupid so did you uh tell nick that before the final round or did you just kind of not mention that at all yeah i don't think i've yeah we hadn't even <laughs> talked about that really nick i gotta talk to you i'm nervous <laughs> <laughs> how do you calculate um his nerves and how much further the ball is going to go when he's kind of juiced up. Because, you know, when you're looking at like, even when I saw that, that final shot into La Quinta where he, if he holds it, he shoots 59, um, you know, even wedges like that, you know, they're going a little bit further than usual. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think you taking it into account a little bit if it's kind of like a, a tweener yardage that, you know, you might can get a few extra yards out of the other one and it might be perfect. But, um, 
you know, that's something as a player, I think he's, he's been around so much big time golf and, and has so much experience and, and a lot of that stuff. That's where that stuff comes through. You know, I, yeah. I don't know that a caddy can always communicate that. I think that's just something that, uh, is learned through experience on, on his side from, you know, and luckily he's been in a lot of big moments and handles it really well and enjoys it. And I think that's, that's something that comes with that final round. It's you, it's obviously Nick. And then you mentioned you got bones. Who's caddying for Justin Thomas. You were his captain on the Alabama golf team. And then, Oh, by the way, Sam Burns is there too. Just hanging out playing a little <laughs> bit of golf. Yeah, um, another top 10 in the world. Yeah. You know, just, just another day, just looking at the mountains. Um, did you have any conversations with JT? I mean, th- that had to be a little bit surreal too. I mean, this is a kid that you probably had to help, like get to the van on time and make sure he's wearing the right shirt. Um, you know, when he's when he's playing for the team. I mean, that had to be crazy for you too. Looking at looking at him, being like, man, I where am I right now? It was definitely different, you know, and uh, I think in the sense, you know, and JT was great about it. But, you know, he's going about his business and, and trying to win a tournament as well, but. Yeah, and that that was a little different aspect for me because I haven't really, I mean, since amateur golf, whatever. But we were teammates. Eva, you know, you're you're actually out there, you know, hoping he plays great. But I, I, I'm hoping that Nick can win. You know, sure. so um, so you know, that's the team I was on that day. So it's a uh, it, it, JT's always been my teammate. So um, that that was a little different, but he handled it great and was very gracious when we won. And, um, it was, it was cool to be, be with him. And, and that's what I told him. I know this was a lot more special for Nick being with there with a, a guy like JT. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, gosh, it just, the I, I'm still kind of shocked about the marker and just how everything rolled together. And, uh, yeah, if only, if only professional golf could be like that at all times. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it was, um, it just, a lot of things aligned correctly. And I think, uh, but I think that's, that's life, right? When, when something super, super cool happens like that, it, it's uh, not really by accident. And usually you got some help along the way. Yeah. They're too, too hard to win stuff like that without a little bit of help. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, it, that's kind of how things have to happen when, uh, when you do pull off a win. Um, one of the footnotes, I mean, surprisingly, one of the footnotes of that weekend is, oh, by the way, Michael Thorbjornsson finished T11 in Dubai on the same day that Nick wins a, a PGA Tour event. You know, Ludwig Ober wins, uh, you know, he won on the DP World Tour, made the Ryder Cup team for Europe, and then won on the PGA Tour like in the first six months of his professional career. Uh, you know, not to, I mean, you know, I'm just kind of throwing those three names together, and, and obviously Nick... Are these generational talents, or do you kind of see this is what's coming out of the amateur and the collegiate game these days? I think probably some of both. I yeah. mean, I think they're you know they're incredible talents, but I really do think this is just what's. I think this is a, a great crop right now. Um, you know, you had the you had the group with Justin and and uh, Jordan, and you know there was a, a nice little. Line yeah, that right 20, there, that 2011 you know? time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2012. You know, you had Brooks, Kepka coming out. You know, all that that whole group. I mean, they're different ages, but they were all kind of coming out at the same time. And I think this is just another group like that. These are going to be the the stars for for a while now. You know, and uh, 
it's it's a great time in in collegiate and amateur golf and there's there's definitely some heck of heck of players and athletes and that are we're going to be watching for a long time yeah i i i love i mean him winning for himself it's is a huge thing i mean he locks up a card he locks up for you know for for whenever he wants to cash that in and, and get started with his professional career um you know he's got that set up but i, I think it's you know, for anyone that's like, why are they giving amateurs an exemption? You know, why is there a PGA Tour U? Why, you know, why do they have this? Well, this is kind of why. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is why because they can they can play. They, can, you know, I think uh, it is evident that these guys are are prepared and and just phenomenal players. And and I'm glad that there's people like you and 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 you know the PGA Tour U pushing them and 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 getting them out there and in front of people. Cause there's, there's some, um, they're, they're really good at, at playing golf. Well, it, I appreciate that. It's funny. You mentioned about, you know, how, how quiet the setting was for the first couple of rounds, you know, that's kind of what, you know, fans can go do that and experience that kind of a setting at collegiate golf tournaments and amateur golf tournaments all year long. Like I remember last year, I was at the Hate Invitational, the UNF North Florida's uh, home tournament, and the let's see, it was the first first day, so the thirty six hole day, and then eighteen the next day. But the thirty six hole day, the pairing was um, Mateo Fernandez de Oliveira, so he's Latin American champion who would then go to play the Masters from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You had Gordon Sargent, number one in the world, he's going to play the Masters. You had Nick Abrelsic, the number one player for UNF, who would eventually obviously make the Walker Cup team. He's, I think, number three now in PGA Tour U. And then Cannon Claycomb, All-American from Alabama. And you could show up at Sawgrass Country Club for free and walk two rounds and and literally walk right next to these guys. There's no ropes. There's, there's parents. There's, a, yeah. you know, there's nothing. And you could yep. find those tournaments and do that all year long. I mean, it, you, it's all there waiting for people to go follow. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because I don't think anyone ever thinks of that really. And you're like, yeah, I mean, there's been rounds. You got Gordon and Nick and and, and whoever playing, and you know, Caleb, and, and it's like you can go out there and stand five feet from and watch them all day in the 36 hall event. Yeah. And, and I've, I've had so many people like text me like, Hey, you know that, and they know what I, they know the back of the range, but I don't think they understand like how close you can get to the players. They're like, do you, do you know, Nick? I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I do. Like I had, you know, grab lunch with them, grab dinner with them. We talk, we, you know, he, text me back and forth and we you know not we're lifelong buddies but no there's you there's that level of access you yep. can you know if you're a father or mother and you have a kid that's getting into junior golf you go to a college tournament at the end of the tournament you go to the coach and say hey my, my son would like to meet your team i can't think of any coach in the country that wouldn't that wouldn't carve five ten minutes out for that kid yeah absolutely and that, and i'm glad you bring that up because that's something i tell the guy, especially now that I'm out of coaching or, or when I was in coaching too, I, you know, I, I tell these guys all the time, it's funny, you know, they want to take all the, these top end junior golfers or whatever. They take all these visits and they have all these reasons for going to this school or that school. And like, how many junior golfers do you 
ever see at a college event. And that's, that's just shock. I, I didn't do it. And I'm like, why didn't I do it? I'm an idiot. Like, why are all these junior golfers that are thinking about playing in college golf, not out at college events watching and seeing what coaches do and, and what teams are doing and do I want to play for this guy? Just, just seeing the college atmosphere. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand that. I'm, you know, someone doesn't pick a, a, a football or basketball team and not go. Usually they go to a game or yeah, watch yeah. them. I mean, I think so many of these guys go to a school and have never been to a college event in their life. I'm just like, you know, it's, I, I had it when I showed up at school. I mean, it's, it's just shocking to me. Well, I think one thing that, that juniors should do is go, not just for for the tournament itself, but go see how a coach runs a practice round. Yep. Because there are program. I mean, they're, they're all run just a little bit differently. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that... And for- you can really get a vibe of the oh, team yeah. and like, oh. how are these teams, you know, how are these guys getting along? Does this look fun? To- is this what I want to have for four years? Is this not what I want, you know? Like, is this guy like doing stupid things around the, you know, that doesn't make any sense or, or whatever, you know, you can get so much feeling of, of, of what's going on in the day to day, just from watching a practice round. I a hundred percent agree with that. I mean, practice rounds at the college level. I'll just, I know this is, this is the breaking news that everyone wanted to get out of this episode. So I'll let everyone know (laughs) here's, here's the secret that I've been holding this whole time. Ready? Practice rounds in college golf suck okay (laughs) there it is there's the secret you've all been waiting for but that's the truth it's six hours it's terrible it takes a long time but that being said which team can actually have fun doing it that's what you're looking for absolutely yep do they they look like they all hate each other or does it look like they can this isn't too miserable well that well are they getting something out of it well well, i mean they suck because they're long that's kind of what i'm getting oh yeah it's just a long day and you know are the are the guys giving each other some shit are they having fun is one guy completely checked out i mean you know there are there are some people that i know that check out on the 15th hole um i've seen that quite a bit so (laughs) it's pretty easy to do on those days i know i know (laughs) Um, all right, let's get to the real good good stuff that you're gonna hem and haw and not tell me about uh, the party afterwards. Um, I, I see. I'm th- I'm guessing it was probably pretty tame. You're correct in that. You yeah. know, I think. Uh, yeah, there there was uh, a nice dinner. Yes. Um, there was. I know Nick picked up some really cool contacts that night. He had some really cool people call him, and uh, and I know he was excited about that. He's he's telling us about the cool numbers he was adding to his phone. So he, he enjoyed that part, but yeah, it was a, it was pretty tame. I, I could have given him tiger's number if that's what he really wanted. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know why that's such a big thing. I mean, it's, it's fine. Uh, yeah. That had to have been just earth shattering with just getting all sorts of texts and calls out of the blue and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was a lot of that going on, but yeah, it was, uh, we, we, you know, I think, um, a lot came really quick. And so there was, um, you know, not much, uh, too much excitement anyways, but it was, it was a nice dinner and a fun night. Yeah. Well, you get out of that, you get all the media stuff you got to do and it's, uh, it, it gets pretty late and yeah. Once, yeah. once the adrenaline starts, starts falling off, it's like, okay, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Everyone's ready for bed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So Hunter, before, before I let you go, um, obviously this 18th hole, uh, 
at uh, at the Amex was, you know, it ends on the high note of him winning, uh, of him making that incredible putt to say par and win by one. Let's just go through that hole. Let's talk about missing. Let's talk about the tee shot, obviously. Yeah, I think it it really was. It was a, it was a roller coaster of a hole. Um, you know, you got so much going on, but then there was added chaos with uh, the weight with Sam and everything, and then the the booze and Holt thing that we didn't know went on. So, so just to run you what, through what, it a what, little bit. What, what was that guy's name? Booze and Holt. Is that what that guy's uh, name was? Uh, that, that's <laughs> as close as I can get to you for you right now. I believe. I'm messing with you. I'm messing. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, so after he two putted on seventeen, uh, I guess Sam or someone was still putting. So he kind of came over to me. We were just talking about the eighteenth hole. We'd hit three wood there the previous two times playing it, and and the last time he played it, he'd run just through the fairway. But it was fine. It is actually a good spot down there. But um, just in the moment and thinking he had two shots. Um, the plan was he was like, I think I like three iron. And I'm like, I'm great with that. You know, you can just rip it and not have to worry about it running through. Um, so that was kind of our plan walking off 17 green was to, to hit three iron. And then we get to the T um, there's a little walk there or whatever. And we get to the T and, and, and the wind's kind of pumping pretty good into us. And, and, and now I'm standing on this T looking at it thinking like, I don't know about three iron. It, it doesn't cover very much up the left, so you got to kind of hit it out right. But that first bunker on the right, um, it's not going to cover that. It'd just be right in the middle of it, and you got a you know two hundred yard shot out of the fairway bunker or whatever. Um, and, and, and as that, I'm thinking this in my head. He looks at me and he goes, "What do you like? I don't like either one of them." And you know, and we're. <laughs> We're sitting here first to tee off and, and both nervous. And, and this is the decision, you know, one of us has to make or right. whatever. And, uh, and so I just told, I was like, it's just a three wood, same shot we've been hitting, you know, don't worry about the run out. Cause I, I was thinking if it runs out into that far bunker, it's like 130 yards or something. And he's hitting a pitching wedge or a nine iron. It might've been 140 or whatever. Um, and he could at least get it over there to the right somewhere and make a five. Right. Um, so, so he hits three wood and luckily it, you know, he hits it right and it does cover that first bunker, which plan plan a worked. Um, and, and whatever, and we're over there trying to figure out a yardage and, and, uh, we had a nice little laugh there. Um, over a miscommunication he's he's asking again something and uh, i i thought in, in nick fashion with his uh dry sense of humor that he was he was kind of making a jab at someone at that time and and, and so i i kind of made a, a smart remark back to him and and he was not making a jab he was literally trying to uh figure out if five still won um, he was, he was asking if he needed a bogey or a par. Right. And, uh, but at that time it was hard f- for us to talk coherently. And, and so we're sitting there laughing or whatever. And, uh, so we had a nice chuckle and then, um, ba- basically asked- it sounds like you both are kind of laughing at each other, but about just how unprepared you are for this moment. 
Yes, absolutely. And okay. so people, you know, afterwards I had people like, man, that was just incredible how you got him to laugh in that moment or whatever. And it was a hundred percent not planned. It right. Just, it, it just happened. You know, I'm, I'm not that much of a, a genius to be able to, <laughs> you know, get him to laugh in the perfect moment. But, um, yeah, so, so that was, that was a interesting, um, you know, thing. And then Sam's over there waiting on him. So that takes a while. And, and eventually we get up to the green and realize he's got to get up and down for par. Right. So, uh, yeah, we found that out after the second shot, but he, he handled it amazing and, and hit a wonderful chip. You know, that was, that was really a nice chip. It was not as easy as, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how easy it looked on TV or whatever, but I, I thought it was actually a pretty difficult little chip. And, and, uh, as always, he was, he was clutch when he needed to. And, and, yeah, the the, the, au- the audio on the chip, it sounded scoopy to me, but, and I've mentioned, I've said this a couple times, and, uh, but I, I, I obviously wasn't there, um, but obviously the chip, uh, did, did what it was supposed to do. It, no, it was, he actually made nice contact on that. Okay. One. Yeah, it, it was. And, and I'd give him a hard time if he didn't, but it, it was, it was nice contact. Yeah. Now, it was one on 11, that little par five when he was sitting in perfect shape and didn't get up and down. That was pretty scoopy. That was not very nice. But okay. uh, <laughs> as a, as a former coach, I'll, I'll tell him that he needed to work on that shot, but his one <laughs> on 18 was nice. Okay. Yeah. The, sometimes mm-hmm. the microphones with, with the way things kind of, sometimes they come off sounding a little bit weird. So um, that was the only thing that I saw about that chip, but yeah. But, and the putt, I mean, I don't think I would have said to Nick, like, Hey, your mom can make this shit, but I was looking at it and I'm thinking, <laughs> You know, like like the famous reaction that the team had in the van, how they went nuts. I was just watching this. I'm like, I'm like, there's, you know, this is going dead in the heart. Like I'm literally watching this, and I'm just like, I- I've seen enough. I mean, yeah. this is going in. I mean, we can all start getting ready. Well, that well that that was kind of how I said it. You know, I think it came out that I said that his mom could make this putt, but I didn't say it in like a. Um, knocking type of way i i think uh, you know i'm in it in full confidence like we've all seen nick putt we know how good he is in the clutch yeah. and um all he said at the time he goes if if you give me a good read i'll knock this thing in and uh you know no pressure and, no pressure yeah, yeah yeah exactly so i and and all i told him you know it was it was a very straightforward putt in the yeah. moment. It's, it's really hard to make that putt, but any other time you'd be like, Oh, this is, this is the, you know, the putt I want. Um, it was left center right up the hill. And that's kind of how I said it to him. I mean, it, it's left center, man. Your mom could make this thing. Just knock it in. Like, you know, just trying to give him that boost of confidence that this thing is easy and, and you just knock it in. You got this thing. Don't worry. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Wow. Hell of a week, man. Yep, it was. He, it was pretty nuts. Well, I appreciate you giving me a little bit of time to, to talk about this. What an incredible week! Uh, yeah, we. Uh, who knows what what lies next for you? I, I think we all kind of see where things are going to go for Nick in the uh, sometime in the future. We'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, really great week. Great job out there for him. Great day uh, for Alabama golf, obviously. Uh, let's do it again soon sometime. I appreciate you stopping by the back of the range. Have a good night, man. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me. And there you have it. Special thanks to Hunter Hamrick for joining me on this episode here at the back of the range. 
Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. We'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.